Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you back to our weekly podcast here at Calvary Baptist Church. And there's a lot of things going on. Um, feels like we're on a pause, um, but things are still happening in and around the church. And so we wanted to take this opportunity just to communicate some thoughts and ideas with you guys about what may be going on. Uh, we know that communication can be hard, so we want to strive to do the best that we can uh, communicating things and changes. Uh, so I grabbed David, and we're going to just talk about a few of those today. Yeah, man. The one-off. Yes. It's just us. We can talk about Riley, Bobby, Brandon, and they'll never know because I guarantee you they don't listen. No, they don't. No. No, they contribute, but I bet they don't listen. That's true. So all good things, though. We love them. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm good, man. We were talking before and and just like life is different. It's hard right now. It's crazy. So many things are on pause, but yet so busy at the same time. It's a weird sort of zone sort of vortex to be in yep so i'm getting through it yeah yeah that's kind of where we're at too just not only as a church but you know and i know people have asked me about this we moved so my first sunday here was march march 9th i think it was 8th Mm -hmm. or 9th whenever that was which was right when the stay-at-home order was issued and so we literally moved showed up and everything was shut down and so we've just been living in this really weird tension of trying to dive in fully, and I still don't really know anybody here. Yeah. You know, my wife certainly doesn't know anybody here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been been mayhem. That uncertainty is hitting us on, on every level. And one example, oh, as a praise to celebrate with everybody, our house did close, so we had our buyers bail. We were under contract when we moved, but because of COVID, they ended up walking, but we had a backup offer for even more, and it finally closed, and the money's in the bank. And so, you know, it's just, we're sitting in that spot where it's like, well, what do we do? Do we buy a house? Right. That's a weird time to be thinking about doing something like that too. Yeah. With all the economic uncertainty, do we wait? Do we buy now? And, uh, and we're in a great spot. We're renting a house from Tim Underhill out there in the country that we truly love and is beautiful. And, uh, anyhow, shout out to any farmers from Calvary who are listening. My wife and I are in the market for a farmhouse surrounded (laughs) by farmland that you own the land and we just want to own the house. So if anyone has one of those sitting around, that that's my jam right there. Farmhouse. That could work out well for both parties. Yeah, it really could. You know, if there's an old unused farmhouse, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's a thing or not. It's gotta be. Gotta be. I know there is one actually the next hill over, but I think they, they rent it. But yeah, we love it. We're out the 15 mile way and just enjoying that but yeah just uncertainty in every area right schools on hold uh church is so significantly different do mm-hmm. we buy a house don't we who do we hang out with we don't know anybody all of those things so yeah it's it's crazy times yeah i'm i'm hoping for you guys that things change soon and you can get out and meet more people and and care in particular start meeting some more people in the church and yeah your kids your kids are awesome yeah we're having a good time we got chickens the girls got kittens and uh, I hope they make it, man. We're trying to convince our four-year-old to to love her kitten gently, was the advice Grandpa sent her in a letter. <laughs> like, Hannah, r- love your kitten gently. <laughs> she is currently just manhandling that poor cat. So My son does the same thing, man. And our cat's old. And I, I'm worried that one of these days it's just going to get yeah. hugged into not being here anymore. Yeah. So now we're having fun. trying not to panic in the uncertainty to rest in what we know, which is that Jesus called us here, mm-hmm. that this church is full of good people that love Jesus, and everything's weird right now, but there's a future in which it'll be better. We will settle in. We will see people face-to-face. We will 
get there. It's just, uh, yeah, that panicked feeling of, of what in the world is going on mm-hmm. right now. All those things are out of our control. So we're just trying to rest easy in that and, and have some confidence in who, that Jesus brought us here. And, and so we're here, even though here is not exactly what we imagined, you know, broadcasting to a camera and being isolated was not, not the, the thing we thought we were moving to, but we, we couldn't have known. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, Let's talk about things that are happening here at the church, because um, we want to make sure that we are communicating well with people, and we try to do that through a few different mediums, uh, Facebook, emails that are going out every week, uh, but sometimes there's just kind of nothing like hearing it from the horse's mouth. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing that can be read into in an email, um, no ulterior motives, and I think sometimes, personally myself, I, I can be a little bit skeptical uh, when I hear things, moves, changes that are happening, I kind of, well, what's, what's really the reason behind what, what's going on? Is that kind of a natural inclination you think a lot of people feel? Oh yeah, absolutely. And with, with having a brand new guy that nobody really knows, you know, that we haven't had any time together, it could, you know, as we face changes and difficulties, normally we'd, we'd be saying this stuff at members meetings, or we'd be talking on Sunday morning. You could see my face, you could hear my voice in a different way, know my heart and, Mm -hmm. and we'd just have more time. And so, yeah, we just, if you're listening to this, by the way, from Calvary, this would be a great podcast for you to recommend to someone else from Calvary who's not currently listening. Like, hey, here's some communication from the leadership, because communication is always difficult. You know, yeah. if you just think about, for married people, how often you miscommunicate with your spouse who knows you the best and loves you the most, and mm-hmm. yet we still get our wires crossed there all the time. And then at a church like this, the history of communication has been a challenge, and that's how almost all organizations are. You know, that's why people make big money as directors of communication. Yeah. You know, in big companies. So yeah, we're just looking for every possible way to communicate not only what's going on, but how we're processing it and where we hope to go. Yeah. Even though those things are still uncertain. So yeah, lots of changes. Uh, I can give you one. It, oh, let me update some people on just some staff changes and sure. some things that are happening at the building. So. If you call in, you've probably noticed that you mostly just get an answering machine. And so when all of this happened with the stay-at-home order, one of the first things that happened uh, is that Brenda Aker, her job is like 99% building-related. And so for her to be able to do her job from home, it's just not even possible. Mm-hmm. you know. And so in working with her and, and her desire to be home, and yet her job, she, it can't be functioned, we were able... Uh, to lay her off in a way that worked for her to get full employment benefits. And so that's that's working really well, but she's she's just not here answering the phone. And so when people say, Hey, where's Brenda? Like that's just that's a move that happened that's working well for everybody. And so uh, that's the first change. Another change sort of related to that would be like any all the contracting custodial or even like Alina, who runs, uh, is the nursery coordinator mm-hmm. and schedules nursery stuff on Sunday mornings and gets that all ready. And she does a super great job, but we don't have nursery going, you know? So so she agreed to go on furlough, and we, we will move right back to all of that stuff when we can. But until then, um, there's just been a lot of either reductions or furloughs like that. So that's just some basic... Uh, ministry stuff, some changes that have happened there. Yeah, and all related to not using the building That's right. as fully as we have been. Lights are off. We're sitting in your office just because we don't want to turn the lobby lights on and trying to conserve um, and, and be good stewards of what God has blessed us with financially as well. 
Yeah, the regulations from the government are were so strict initially, mm-hmm. and then the, just the uncertainty and the unknown. It, the elders felt that closing the building was the, was the best temporary move, and now we're just in a process of trying to figure out what reopening looks like. And everybody had to scramble to figure that out. Yeah, uh, it's crazy how much has changed just in two months. Because we're I, as we are sitting here, you know, May twenty first, Wasco County. It's still just a handful of people that have gotten sick. And it almost doesn't feel real. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting in a real privileged place yeah. where it feels like, I don't see the big deal. Did we overreact? You know, And so uh, I, I think we've forgotten what it felt like just four weeks ago. You know, Everyone yeah. felt much differently four weeks ago. So Yeah, I think everybody's moving into that frustration of like, when is this going to be over? I'm yeah. ready to get back because we are seemingly isolated from it here in Wasco County. But yep. It's a hard thing to remember that there are still real concerns elsewhere. Um, People even in our town and in our church who are concerned about the possibility of getting back together and what that might mean. So, Yeah, and I want to jump into that. Before I do that, let me do one other change that happened with leadership. And so when I came in uh, as lead pastor and teaching elder, so I jumped on the board, that put us at 10 with three elders just coming off of their year sabbatical who are uh, ready to go and jump in. But 13 elders is like just more than we need at the time. So the elder board together, we started talking about how many do we need? What's the process for reentry? What's looking forward? Who are the, the men that we want to equip and raise up to take elder seats? What do we do to, to figure this out to make sure we don't all of a sudden end up with two elders or 30 elders, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of elder process stuff that we started doing. And so we all were entering into like a self-examination of, of uh, fit and time and capacity. Like, is this, is the office of elder the place for me right now? Mm-hmm. And so pretty quickly, Paul Lagore, who was at the end of his three-year term, he resigned and rotated off the board. And so he was really excited. He said he had been hanging in there like to, to through the process of calling a new pastor and then he's ready to, to, first of all, not be on Zoom chats. Zoom chats, I think, were not not his jam. They're not anybody's, but no, yeah. And but he, you know, he wants to lead his life group mm-hmm. as he gets older. He he just was like, I feel like I served, and I'm ready to retire. So we celebrated him. But the, it's so frustrating because I would love to be on a Sunday morning and have them as a couple come up and celebrate the right. service and thank him and. And cheer for them and do all of that, and it's just like I don't I don't know how to do that if we can't be together. So so Paul resigned, and then all of us were working through that evaluation process. And so then Tim Underhill came about a week ago, and he also resigned. And his is a little bit different, but I I just really want to talk about it because as people hear that you know we've lost two elders in five weeks or whatever, mm-hmm. that it could be like a what's going on? Yeah. Uh, but so for Tim, he's been processing just a, a doctrinal distinctive that he holds that's separate or different from a, a distinctive that Calvary holds. And so as he's trying to wrestle through that, he sees, you know, this theological uh, concept significantly differently, and it affects his philosophy of ministry. So the things that he thinks we should be doing more or doing differently, he's just recognized in that self-assessment that he just holds a different position. And so as we talked about that, he also stepped off, and he did it so really just gracefully and maturely. It was mm-hmm. really cool. It's a, it's a tricky thing as elders to go, okay, we're, we're bound together, charged to faithfully teach and uh, protect the things that that bind this church as as a body, 
And yet we do have differences. Sometimes they're just personality or their management or their philosophical. Um, but when it comes down to the, the things that the church is going to be about and do at its core, the elders need really tight unity there. And we all grow and change over time and see mm-hmm. things differently at times. So, so it was cool. It was, it's hard. Like he's, I already said he's my landlord and he's probably the guy that I'm relationally closest to. Like he and I have, have, have sat and prayed together and shared a cry together. Mm-hmm. And I love him. We're great friends, but it's just sort of, it's just this, uh, I think a good example of, of unity in disagreement. Sure. So we have a disagreement, but we don't have disunity. Mm-hmm. But when you think of the, the collective whole, so there's a, probably can be greater variance among people who just attend, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you want to become a member of Calvary, there there needs to be a, a tighter circle around the things that we agree to together. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you're going to be a deacon or a ministry leader, or then at the top of that, under Jesus as the elders, that's where you need the tightest alignment about that sort of stuff. And so Tim stepped off, and uh, he's super supportive of us, and we're supportive of him. It's just one of those things where we just we have a difference, and so we're, he's uh, graciously stepped aside in order to preserve unity and not be a distraction or create any sort of disunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah, Tim is awesome. Yeah, And important to know and just reiterate that that is something that you and he and all the guys on the elder team worked together mm-hmm. toward. Yeah, and it, that's, you know, while the world is in chaos, the, the enemy would like nothing more than to just rattle us here at Calvary, like, oh, what's going on? We got elders stepping off and the building's closed and what, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, people are already, as you mentioned earlier, we have a tendency to, to sometimes wonder and be suspicious. And, and sometimes there are things that elders can't talk about publicly mm-hmm. just because it would be gossip or slander. But the, this is not one of those things. And just wanted to communicate uh, to the church so people will know who who's sitting in the elder chair, who's sitting in sabbatical, who's stepped off and uh, either retired or resigned. And mm-hmm. So, yeah. I but, love you picked up on that, too, that we have an enemy. I mean, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, any sort of, um, you know— political things that are going on in the world or even the, the health crisis is not the big picture, right? We have an enemy who wants to divide and conquer us and, and would love nothing more than for us to stop following Christ because of division and disunity, right? Absolutely. And so on that, let's spend a minute talking about, or maybe five minutes, talking about a thing as we try to reopen what could be unifying in that and, and what could create disunity. Let's spend a few minutes talking about that. So now that we are kind of looking at um, the potential for things to be reopening, right? We're getting different yeah. stuff from the state coming in, and and obviously we're seeing different things from all over the country. Um, um, we at Calvary are, are still trying to thread that needle between our desire to get back together as a church body and um, a desire also to be responsible and to um, be sensitive to people's concerns, right? So. We have been working on a plan, and and it's still very much a moving target. So, kind of, what what have we come up with so far? Yeah, if we could just go, let's just zoom out and go big picture. Yeah. And I think this is helpful for people. Is like everyone, we want to be back together, yes. man, dude. When I picture that room with every after this time of of quarantine and isolation, of that room just packed, and we're singing to Jesus, mm-hmm. and we're high fiving and saying hello, like. 
I want that. Everyone wants that. Like, yeah. the, so we all want the same thing. That's that's in the big picture, and we also know that that we're not supposed to forsake the gathering, right? That there right. is a biblical command to gather in the name of Jesus, and the church has always done that on the Lord's day uh, as the body, right? And so we that's what that's what we're trying to get. But we are also called to submit to the authorities and the government with with unless. Uh, for some reason, there's something like if we felt it was illegal that they were singling out the church for persecution, mm-hmm. that's where we'd start having a conversation about reopening anyhow, just on the legal aspect. But our first posture, uh, as the government is doing this in order to preserve life, is to say, yeah, we will submit in this thing. It's inconvenient. It's annoying. And in our current reality, where only a few people have it here, it's, it is really easy to go like, why aren't we just meeting? Like mm-hmm. we... It's not that bad. What's the big deal, you know? And so, um, but what the government, and I know there's a lot of theories about what the government is or isn't doing, and we're going to talk about that, but uh, from a best faith, like a good faith perspective, they're trying to preserve life. Yeah. And uh, and we see this as a way of loving your neighbor and doing a good work uh, within the community. Like, let's, let's be part of that good thing, not against it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's a good thing to preserve and protect life. So we want to do that. Um, I'm getting this. So I should turn my cell phone off when we. Hi, sweetheart. You're on the podcast. Just kidding. Uh, so that's that's sort of the big picture. That's what we're doing, and uh, I know it can be frustrating. And I know that there are people who think it's probably not even constitutional the situation we're in that that, sure. that they can't require us to do it. Uh, but we're not. We don't feel as the elders that that we're strictly doing this because of a legal requirement. We do feel it's loving and wise, and so. For the people out there who go, yeah, well, what's the big deal? And when you just look at a percentage of a thing, right? Like, like statistically, it's not that bad. Or some people are still going to get sick. And I know a lot of times we talk, we'll, we'll compare it to like driving or something. Like statistically, driving is far more dangerous, and that's totally true from what we know mm-hmm. currently. But we wouldn't plan a Calvary road trip like, hey, we're all going to Camp Moro together knowing that like it's very likely that 10 people would die in a car accident on the way there right we w- anytime we drive we assume we have some control over driving and that that we're going to arrive safely if you were certain that statistically someone was going to get sick and die or someone was going to get in a car crash and die you'd go okay let's not right. let's think about how we're driving so um that's just an example i know it's not a perfect analogy but we don't have really any control over this virus and it's unseen and we don't know exactly how dangerous it is. And so uh, it's wise and loving to take precautions. And when you think statistically, you forget the humanity, you forget the stories. So we just sent a survey out to the church trying to gauge how ready people are mm-hmm. to, to return and uh, under what conditions would they return. And most everybody is is ready to return at the first opportunity, maybe with some specific distancing or sanitary yeah. requirements. And and I totally get that. But one one response came in that really just grounded this in reality for me. So it's a, it's a response from the McCoys and I don't, I don't know them. So Cameron and Suzanne McCoy, I've, I've not met them. Uh, I look forward to meeting them, but, but they sent back this really gracious response, which is, Hey, we didn't take the survey because we know we can't come back until this thing is over, over. Mm-hmm. And the reason they can't come back until it's truly over and no longer a threat is because of their grandson, Oliver. And so he's, he was born with some congenital heart defects has a stent in his heart ready for replacement. Um, they're in this spot trying to figure out like, when do we do this replacement or like, which involves like a really intrusive 
heart surgery is very dangerous and risky, right? And so they, they're actually asking the church for prayer about how long can they go with this stent, if they need another stent replacement or another surgery, and, and all of those sort of medical procedures. So pray for them for, for wisdom. But what we know about this virus is it really does affect heart function. Mm-hmm. And as your lungs struggle and, and, and it affects your heart and the way all that is working, their son, their grandson, Oliver, is like at a huge, huge risk. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's easy to say, well, yeah, okay, they should just isolate, but they still have to interact in the world too. And so when, when you wear a mask, even though you think you shouldn't, or when you take some social distancing requirements, because so many of us could be, could have it and be, you know, non-symptomatic or asymptomatic, I think is the right word. And just really not know, you just think exponentially, like I could infect you and you could infect this person who infects that person. And then it does get to the McCoys Mm -hmm. and now we've jeopardized Oliver. And so, you know, it's just, man, I would just beg people who are frustrated and think like, are just looking at the statistics and saying, let's just go back to normal. Just to think for a minute, like what you're saying about uh, your willingness to, to, I don't want to say risk human life because it's so shamey, like, like, hey man, you're putting people in danger, but really like it's a loving thing to be inconvenienced yourself so that you could protect someone like Oliver. Yeah, I bet most of us could probably name, I bet it's not going to take too many steps. We probably know somebody who knows somebody who could be seriously affected by this and when you put that name and that face in it, that's a really good check just to take in your heart yep. and say, what's, what are my options here? Can I just, by putting a mask on, protect and, and preserve human life, like you said? And um, It's a hard thing, right? And I feel for the McCoys, I can't imagine as much as we want to get back together. And I don't have any reason, personally, in my family, why we shouldn't be back together. I have parents and, and in-laws who are older, but they're not really in any danger, I don't think. Um, somebody in that position who desperately desires to get back together and be gathered together as the body, but can't. That must be a hard thing. Oh, yeah. And you could hear the voice in the email that, mm-hmm. that Riley sent to me from them, which is just like, they love the church. They long to be together, but they just they just really feel that they can't for this time. And so anything we can do to to love one another well in that, I think, is right. In big picture, this is a temporary inconvenience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and so, w- what can we do? What are we going to be willing to sacrifice? And so, this is just my plea to people who are, you know, who feel safe or feel come what may. I'm not worried about it. Is like I totally get that, and I think that's good. But let's give each other grace and don't let your frustration cause you to engage in things that are divisive. You know, I had someone literally say to me the other day, like, what's the big deal? Like, like it's almost impossible for you to get, get the disease here. And I was like, well, I don't know that. I just, it's unknown. Mm-hmm. And when we lead with, with our own freedom or our own differences uh, and sort of minimize the concerns of other people, it's just, it's kind of unloving and it's not helpful and it can cause division. And so like, you know, the mocking someone who would wear a mask or judging someone or, or when we get back together, there's going to be some people who are still wearing masks mm-hmm. and they ought to be able to feel welcomed and loved and respected. And and yeah. so for the people that just want to give you the bear hug, for them to say like, ah, oh, take your mask off, it's over. What are you worried about? Like, there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, that's unloving. You can feel that way, but it would be wrong for us to enforce that on other people. I don't know about you, but like, I am getting a little bit tired with the what's there to be afraid of of guy, and I get it. I totally get it. But my Facebook feed 
is is got several different personalities who are like, I'm not afraid of anything. Like, what's the big deal? And I would just love to plop those people in front of like an angry grizzly bear and be like, oh, you're not afraid of anything. What's the big deal? Everyone's going <laughs> to die someplace, you know, like, because I guarantee you it would change quickly. Like, they'd be super afraid and running for their lives. And the truth is that COVID has killed in a month more people than bears have probably killed in the history of the world, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's gotta be significantly different. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if you, if you're leading with, I'm not afraid, consider what someone who is afraid hears in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do they feel minimized or, or are you loving them and encouraging them? And so, you know, and, and I just, I just wonder for the people who are leading, like with how little they are afraid, partly I think like, you know, man, if you truly were super secure and confident, you wouldn't have to tell me how, how unafraid you are. It's like the toughest guy in the room doesn't have to tell everybody he's the toughest guy in the room. So, you know, just those little things, like those are significant ways for us to respect and honor and serve one another in love. And so I, I would love for, as we talk about some of the specifics of reopening or even try to figure it out that, that we would just be bearing witness to Jesus who loves us and is gentle with us and is, mm-hmm. you know, gives us grace upon grace. And so yeah. that's, that's what I'm hoping for from the church. And Paul talks about that a lot, right? Christian Absolutely. liberties, right? Yep. And I was just thinking about that. So in first Corinthians nine, he's like, I'm a free man. I don't belong to anyone, but he says, I have made myself a slave to everyone mm-hmm. to win as many as possible. So the Jews, I'll be like the Jews. I'll observe the law. I'll totally observe in strict dietary law. And to those who are Gentiles or not under the law, I'll, I'll do that with them as well. So it's this idea, like a ministry of accommodation, you know, he's, he's not going to sin in order to do this, but short of sinning, he's sort of like, man, I'm not bound by any of that because I belong to Christ. And he'll, mm-hmm. he'll actually say, I'm a slave to Christ. So we all are. So with, from that primary understanding of who I am, like it's no sweat to me to be bound by this restrictive dietary law or a Sabbath law. Mm-hmm. And it's no sweat to me to shed that stuff and, and just go over here with the Gentiles. Like, cause what, what Paul's after is, is that they might be one to Jesus. That's his priority. And so those sorts of things, sometimes it's preference. I always think about this in politics. Like when Paul says, I become all things mm-hmm. to all men in order that I win a few, I always want to challenge the Christian who's very politically animated. Right. And we all, we all have a variance in how politically active mm-hmm. we are, but I, I would love to tell a super leftist, radical Democrat Christian, like, hey, w- would you become a Republican in order to win your neighbor to Jesus? Wow. Or to the Republican who, you know, is wearing a, a Trump hat and loves President Trump and-, and is animated on that side of like, hey, would would you become a Democrat to win your neighbor to Jesus? And if not, why not? And and there may be valid biblical reasons why not. I know sure, that's yeah. a thing that can trigger everybody. But if we're not first leading with scripture and the character and mission of Jesus to shape those decisions for us, then we've, we've gotten sort of off and distracted. And so, you know, the goal for Jesus around the church is that it would be unified and on mission and anything that distracts or breaks unity, uh, we're going to get warned against. Yeah. Yeah. And and if Jesus is Lord over my life, I don't want to get too far off here, but he's also Lord over my Facebook feed. Right. And, And so I need to be cautious I need to be cautious, and we'll just take that as example because it's so prevalent right now, but maybe we just back it up to just personal conversations with people. You know, um, I have a cousin who is um, very fearful, very afraid, very skeptical, and suspicious of the government, does not like Trump, and and so my conversations with him, um, I do a lot of listening, 
and it's usually just about how how worried and scared he is and how disappointed he is in the federal government's response and on and on and on and on and i just i just got to listen to the guy mm. and say man i hear you I hear you, but I don't put my faith in those things, right? I put my faith yep. in God alone and try to speak into that a little bit. So as a Christian, in, in the ways we engage with people, it is so important to look at what we're leading with, like you said. Absolutely. Right? Am I going to lead with, am I going to be, I'm not afraid of anything guy? Or am I going to, even in the way I interact with people on social media, am I going to lead with Christ and try to foster unity and, and give people hope? And a message of a sure future. Yeah, I was thinking of of Paul in Second Corinthians two. He basically calls. It says we're like slaves on a parade, right? That what Christ has done when Christ won us to Himself, that He 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 brought us into His household, sealed us with His Spirit. We are in Him, and so Paul will say that that Jesus leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession. So it's it's like he uses this war imagery of like when you conquer the people that and I know slavery you know, we don't want to go down the road of slavery but this is the image he's using in the ancient world that you'd capture a people and you'd lead them through the city and the general would be victorious and these are my spoils of war. In that metaphor, we are the spoils of war. We've been bought with a price, one to Jesus. And then he says, the purpose of that is for us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Mm. So to God, we're the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like if you think of that metaphor, it's really cool. Like what people are smelling, what they're picking up from Christians, what what we're projecting and leading with is supposed to be Jesus, that we, we are his people. And so when it comes to, uh, you know, this will be a great conversation to have as we get closer to the election, how it really should work in politics or or how it could work, you know, mm-hmm. that we have a lot of freedom in that. But, but currently with all of the discussion around COVID and uh, controversies and even conspiracy theories or documentaries, like all of these things where we're all frustrated with what we're hearing from the government and we're getting mixed messages and we just don't know what's true. And and, and so there's like a draw towards that, mm-hmm. but we can't be most animated about a conspiracy theory, right? The only conspiracy that should truly animate Christians is a divine conspiracy or, mm-hmm. or you know, that Dallas Willard wrote that great book, Divine yeah. Conspiracy, or Rick McKinley in Portland writing Advent Conspiracy, mm-hmm. that, that Jesus took on flesh and dwelt among us, died for us, and is, is in the process of redeeming and winning souls. And that's the mission we're on. And so when Paul says you're an ambassador for God, like we should really think carefully about that. We speak on behalf of God for the purpose of reconciling people back to God. Mm-hmm. And so, and that doesn't just affect this, that affects everything we lead with. And so I, I mean, I'm pointing a finger back at myself because I like to mix it up with like sports and music and I love poking the bear sometimes, mm-hmm. but I have to remember that like, I got to be most animated about the divine conspiracy, the gospel. Mm-hmm. All that other stuff, man. I don't. I'm not minimizing it. As, you know, it could totally be true. Sure. But what's most important, right? So we lead with Jesus first, foremost, always in everything, and all that other stuff can fade away. And and the Bible even addresses it. So in in the book of Titus, chapter three, avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law. Why? Because they're not true. No, he says because it's unprofitable and useless. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not the main point. 
Right. You know, it's like stay on the on on the gospel, stay focused on Jesus, and then he says it creates disunity. So he just says warn a divisive person uh, once, and then warn them a second time, and then after that, have nothing to do with them because mm. the church doesn't have time for that, man. We can't right. be all bound up in that stuff. We've been sent to reconcile people back to God in the name of Jesus, and so. Man, I, that's like when it comes to all of this stuff, and I, I totally get it. I've been seeing a lot of people in the church posting certain documentaries or posting questions and my friends from my old church, and I, I totally get that, man. I, I, too, am unsatisfied with what I'm hearing from the government. I got a lot of questions about this, and we know that like there is a spiritual force at work in the world. Like, Absolutely. Like, so I, I have seen stuff like, a, here's, this is the antichrist coming and here's how, and you know, mm-hmm. like people are putting those things together and let's just assume that's true, that this is how the antichrist will rise to power and one world government and all of that stuff that we read about. Like the Christian response to that can't be fear, right? We know that's going to happen someday. Mm-hmm. And so if it's happening now, then good. Come Lord Jesus, come, Lord come Jesus. quickly, right? Like, yeah. It's, it's not a thing to divide about. It's a thing to point people back to Jesus, you know? And so if we're leading with government control, conspiracies, constitutional rights being trampled, those sorts of things that do matter, they're not insignificant. Sure. But we don't know if they're even true, most of that stuff. Yeah. If, if that's the voice that people are hearing from Christians, um, then that's a shame because we're losing an opportunity to point people to the feet of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So, we, I mean... It's not our place nor position to tell people what to think, right, wrong, left, right. But that's a good question. Like, do I even have time for this? There are so many people. That and nobody need got to, time for that. Nobody got time for that. There's so many people that need Jesus and that's need right. hope during this time. Yeah. And and I just I don't want to personally be bothered with it. Yep. I want to go tell people about Jesus. Yep. So let's keep as a church. Let's keep the main thing, the main thing, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do everything we can to sacrifice our preference. For the sake of unity and brotherly love and loving our neighbors ourselves and thinking of the people that matter to God, right? They they do matter. And we want we want like, as God is patient and 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 waiting for people to respond in repentance, we ought to really take death serious. Death mm-hmm. is is the chapter, it's the dividing line, you know. Mm-hmm. And so while people are living and breathing, we want them to see and hear Jesus that they might respond. And so let's yeah. not be cavalier with with statistics, and let's not flaunt our freedoms, but fight for that unity together in the faith centered around Jesus and his work. And it's going to require us to sacrifice some gathering stuff. So uh, we're recording this on the 21st. Hopefully the church will hear really soon. They'll see a phased reopening plan. No one's going to be happy with it. It's, right. it's vague. It's a moving target. We are actually not sure what to do and what's best to do. And the elders are just in deep prayer over Lord, how do we lead forward? And so if if 25 can gather, then let's have 25 gather. And instead of watching the video feed at home alone, invite two families over. And now you're at 20 or 24 or whatever. And so that, that you can't have mm-hmm. a gathering. We can't all be together. When it goes to 50, you know, let's rent a Grange Hall and rent a ballroom and rent. And we'll have watch parties of 50 together. And then there's going to be a day where it's an all clear. And that day is going to be awesome. I can't wait to get there. But in the meantime... It's going to call the mature of, of those among us to really press in to unity and love and grace upon grace upon grace. Yeah. And that could offer, you know, new and different opportunities for ministry as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, 25 in a house, um, having a party, neighbors are going to want to know what's going on. Maybe there's opportunities to kind of, well, I'm going to cycle out and I'm going to get some neighbors in here as well. And yep. and then 50 and, and um, just 
if we're looking for those kind of opportunities, instead of seeing all these things and even the reopening as as a um, a thorn in our side, what if it's an opportunity for some different ways to look at ministry in the Dallas? Yeah, and and we got to do that with hope, right? Yes. Excitement yeah. and encouragement, because Jesus is building His church. Jesus cannot be stopped by a pandemic or by government restrictions. And and Jesus works in every venue of a church gathering. And so the mega church in South Korea, they got churches of 100,000 people in mm. South Korea. And then they have underground house churches in China, same corner of the world, radically different method, Jesus building his church. Yeah. And so with some excitement and dreaming up what it looks like to be the people of God in a crazy time, I, I, that's the posture. And I've seen so much of it here at Calvary. Mm-hmm. It's been very good. I want to encourage people to, to continue in that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Calvary, we hope you hear our heart behind uh, some changes that are being made and decisions that we are making here as a leadership team, as an elder board. Um, like David said, we desperately desire to be back together again as the gathering. We're working on a plan towards that. We hope to be able to kind of release some parts of that to everybody uh, very, very soon. And, and we hope that you are still Um, gathering in your homes and watching our Sunday live feed. And very, very soon, we hope that we can all get back together and uh, praise our God together. And we hope to catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us.